Welcome, welcome to This Makes Me Uncomfortable podcast, where we discuss all the things that make us uncomfortable. I'm your co-host, Allura. And I am the co-host that's closer to death, Jade, or... (laughs) Uh, We're approaching Halloween and all things creepy, including the big 2-1 birthday of our beloved friend and our very first return guest... Alessi Myers Twimovave. On today's episode, Alessi joins us to creep out your ear holes with ghost stories. It's perfect because we're dead already. So <laughs> let's get haunted. All right. Let's start each other off with some complaints, rants, inconveniences. What's made you uncomfortable recently? Who did you make uncomfortable comfortable recently? Who wants to take it first? We're culturally relevant, and Alessi, you're our guest, so you get to go first. Cool. So I have a couple, I'm not going to lie. So my first one, right, because, like, everybody knows I moved to Hawaii, and it's, like, really nice out here, but my biggest complaint right now is the mail. Like, it's terrible. And the people that work in the post offices, like, every time I go in there, they just make me uncomfortable, and they're irritating, and they do not know how to, like, do their job at all, whatsoever. Um, so that's my biggest ick, living out here right now. Um, because also, like, where I live at, we live in the, like, we live in the hills, so they don't deliver mail to us. So I had to, like, change my ad, or I had to, like, get a post box post office box p.o box that's what it's called but they wouldn't change our address to the p.o box so like my address is the house that we live at but we can't get mail here so it's just it's dumb they're dumb um what was my other one? Oh, people can't drive out here people cannot drive out here and everybody is an alcoholic so like you will literally see people like you know in the movies when they like swerve back and forth and they're like going in a zigzag? Yeah, people actually do that here. Like, no, you know, like no pun intended. Like they literally do that on the roads and it's like the scariest thing ever when you're driving around them. Like even the bus drivers, they can't drive. I had a guy, I had a guy stop, like complete stop right in front of me in a big ass bus like it was okay and I had to like slam on my brakes because like we were in like a 60 right so I was going like 70 and he just like stopped for no reason for like 10 minutes like 10 minutes and I was just like what are you doing and I was on my way to school so I was late because of him and I had to explain that to my professor and she was just looking at me like I was crazy and I was like no like that that actually happened I could have sent you a video but yeah those are my complaints for right now (laughs) if you want to talk about the high Asian population in Hawaii just say it just name it But and, I don't even think they were Asians. <laughs> I uh, I think I understand the alcoholism though, because the 
fucking sound of the birds is going to drive me to drink already. <laughs> what is that? It's really loud. Behind <laughs> you, it's like, as you're talking. <laughs> Damn, is it mating season out there or what? <laughs> this is every day. Like, at night, I'll send you a video tonight, but you could, like, the frogs are crazy. They're so loud. It's, oh, like, ten yeah. times worse than the birds are. No. And they're like this big, so they're just like everywhere. They're tiny. Perverted sexual frogs. Well, no, it's <laughs> magical. The sounds of nature is really beautiful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Allura, what's making you uncomfortable? Um. Oh, I texted you this, like, I think it was last week, but at work. I, like, had left my office for, like, 45 minutes, came back to, like, a single red rose just sitting on my desk. No note, no nothing, came out of nowhere. And so I was just like, okay. (laughs) So there were, like, people at, like, the desk, like, the front desk working, and I was just like, hey. (laughs) did you see anyone just come into my office and drop off this really creepy red rose and they're like oh no we didn't see anything and I was like okay well that's very helpful useful information thank you so now it's just sitting on my desk rotting but I like took a picture sent it to Jade and I was just like if I'm murdered this was the first sign um (laughs) And then Dimitri had come um, to visit, and I was telling him the story, and then he was like, oh, Laura, have you never been loved? (laughs) And I was just like, okay, well, (laughs) so I think I have a stalker, um, and I think I'm going to be murdered soon. Um. Hey, I thought I was doing something nice for you, and you just don't appreciate it. No. Well, like, at least leave a note or something, but just, like, keeping it anonymous? Crazy. It's sending me into a spiral. Have you gotten any more clues about who it might be? No. Oh. No. Someone's playing the long game. That's what I said. Um, A long game into my psyche, and I don't appreciate it. Um... Yeah. What is your favorite way to get murdered? Like, what do you hope for? That's a great question. I always said, like, I would want to be in the lineup of, like, a serial killer spree, but I would want to be in the middle. Like, I don't want to be the first, and I don't want to be, like, the last one. I just want to be, like, maybe in the second. We gotta work on your self esteem. We want you to be a first or a last to really cap off a career. I just don't like the attention. So, that's the maddest thing I've heard you say. You want to be in the middle. Come on, Alora. You're special. Even if you're in the middle, you're definitely like the trophy killing for sure. He's like, I'd want to be the like turning point where it was just like they were. You know, 
it was like the warm up, and then like I was the one that was the turning point of like their like actual like targeted like <laughs> thing. This <laughs> is so weird. But I hope that when he taxidermies you, you're laughing. Yeah. Like the pose that he puts you in. That would be really cute. I think it would be too. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start sending you all kinds of flowers now. It's like those the like Amazonian um, huge flowers that smell like rotting meat. I'm yes. going to send one of those to your office. Awesome. Ew. At least like send a note or something. I'm sure notes are coming. They'll be, you know, cut out magazine letters mm-hmm. and written in blood or something mm-hmm. cool like that. Okay. Feces maybe. Ooh. A little feces moment. Yeah, a little DNA. <laughs> um, that'll be fun. I'm I'm interested to see how this pans out. Maybe this podcast will become a murder podcast. I think so. Alessi, we're glad you're here. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. It gets dark quickly. It, it really does. <laughs> Perfect for fall. Right. Little equinox. <laughs> All right, Jade. What about you? Chia seeds. <clears throat> <laughs> Nature superfood full of fiber and protein and omega 3s for my chronically depressed brain. Been trying to eat them because they suit my very narrow diet of a slew of health problems I've been struggling with. So I try to like blend them into smoothies and sprinkle them in shit and like hide them into things that I cook. And my mother-in-law is very nice and she gave me this giant bag of them. But there's just something about the size and color and texture that every time I open the bag of chia seeds, I feel like there's small rodent or insect fecal matter hiding in there and you wouldn't be able to notice it because the chia seeds are just these little black balls yep that's right i want you to that. take that clip and we're gonna run it on all social media platforms but um i think one of my fears is having feces in my mouth mm. Have you ever had a dream where you like poop out of your mouth? No. <laughs> You're lying so that I feel weirder. But I it's such an uncomfortable rewiring of sensory bodily experience that it really horrifies me. So yeah, chia seeds make me uncomfortable. I am not into it. I wish there was a like a special radar gun I could have to make sure that there's no little poops in there. I don't think it's helping my depression. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be worsening it. <laughs> <laughs> Omega-3s are bullshit, man. That's it. <laughs> All right, so um, today's episode is is looking forward to Halloween, and I think, uh, you know, it always annoys me when they start uh, holiday seasons way too early in terms of pushing you to buy stuff, but I do love 
starting Halloween season early because I just love getting in that mood of you know bundling up to keep demons out and there's a little spooky fog in the air in the morning so I really like that so um, Alessi has had a lot of ghostly experiences so we're excited to talk some story with her today so um, let's start with what are your first memories of encountering spirits of like realizing that ghosts were real take us back what's your first best ghost story okay so i don't really remember this one but i feel like it's good to talk about because it kind of like got me into it um when i was like little little like i was probably like two or three years old um my mom told me and my grandparents every time I would go like into my grandparents room because the way that our house was set up it was like a long hallway and then like my room is on the left side and then the bathroom and then like my uncle's room in the corner and then my grandma's room on the right side but it's like all the way at the end of the hallway so like I guess like I just like wouldn't go in their room like at all like I would just stop in the doorway and there was one time like they like I was just like playing or whatever in my room and then like they couldn't hear me anymore so they were looking for me and I just like started screaming like bloody murder for no reason and there was nobody else in the house so they were like what the hell is going on so they like found me in my grandma's bath in my grandparents' bathroom and I was just like freaking out like I said that like or I, I don't think I could talk yet but I was just like crying like crazy and they couldn't get me like to move like they couldn't get me to walk or anything so they literally had to like pick me up and take me out of the room and um I guess like when I was able to start talking I told them like oh I saw somebody in there and that's why like I was screaming because I didn't know who they were but um yeah I have no recollection of that at all but I guess that was like a big thing for me when I was like a baby um but I think like what I actually remember um why is like about ghosts like that house was always like really haunted because I don't know if anybody actually died in there but I know that my grandma's mom before she passed away she lived with them there so I like I always kind of just assumed that's probably who I saw because I guess I said it was a lady and I'm like well if she was in there you know like they kind of get attached to um to the houses that they lived in before they passed away so I'm pretty sure that's what that was but yeah, that house was like always like really haunted. Like um like where our front door is, it's kind of like right before all the rooms are. And me and my cousin both when we were um little cuz we both lived there, like we would just sit in front of the door and talk to like our friends that were there. But there was nobody ever there. But like I remember I had this little girl. Um she was like she was probably like seven or eight and I was probably like six at the time and I remember like I vividly remember her but she would just like sit in the doorway with me and we would just like play with dolls and stuff but there was like nobody ever there like if my family members came by or whatever like I would just be like talking to myself sitting there but I remember her you know like I actually like her face and everything like little pigtails blonde hair like whatever like I yeah and then my cousin, too, like, he had that same thing. He had an imaginary friend that was there. But it was, like, I don't know. Like, it was just felt different, if that makes sense. Like, we could tell that there was actually something there. But, like, nobody else could, like, figure out. Because, like, usually imaginary friends, you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's my friend. But, like, you don't actually see them, you know. But, like, this was just, like, no, there there was spirits in that house. But, yeah, I think that's, like, 
what started me down my spiral, honestly. But I've always been into, like, dark things. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas has been my favorite movie since I was a baby, you know? And that's, like, not a happy Disney movie. Someone called me out on my Jack Skellington socks the other day. (laughs) Really? Yes. Um, What did they say? Oh, they're just like, eh, look at those socks. Like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think you're right. Imaginary friends. I mean, you think of Inside Out, and there's like Bing Bong. Usually, imaginary friend, especially for someone as creative as you are, imaginary friend is going to have some traits that are very fantastical, not just like a little blonde girl with pigtails. <laughs> it's like more realistic. Like it's an actual. Yeah, person, and I, I think you know, people are in consensus that little kids tend to be more open to seeing what's there. They haven't shut off that part of their mind or their heart yet. So, I, I definitely believe you when you say that that you could, could feel it. Mm-hmm. Allura, was there ever a time when you felt something? <laughs> <laughs> Anything? <laughs> um, similar to Alessi, like my grandparents' house is also just like. Why is it always the grandparents' house? It's always the grandparents' house. Um, oh. no, because their house, no matter like what season it is, it's sweltering hot in that house in the dead of winter. Hmm. So hot. Um, so I remember I was probably like five, six, seven around that age. And we were having, like, a sleepover with all the cousins. And so um, I, like, woke up in the middle of the night and I, like, walked out into the kitchen to, like, get some water because I was parched in this heat. And (laughs) I, like, looked to where, like, there's, like, a big fireplace. Um, And I saw, like, a shadow of, like a warrior like I he had like a whole like headdress like I could totally see his shadow and he was just standing there and I was just like okay yeah no and then I like ran ran back to my room and like you know hid under all the covers and then the next morning it was like I told my dad and my grandpa and my grandpa was just like your ancestor like he was just protect like watching over and i was like well can you tell him to like not (laughs) you're like i've got it warrior go back to your shogun area (laughs) um and then another time i think it was probably around that age range we were living in like a condo and there was like stairs and we had like a big mirror um up the stairs and so when i like walked up my face was replaced by like a face of an old woman whoa and so I screamed and like ran down the stairs and you know then the next morning we found out like one of our like one of my great aunts from Guam like passed away that night oh like it was crazy um Yeah, I've had, like, pe- like I would be also in my grandma's house, and I was, like, talking in the kitchen island, and this one time, like, I felt, like, hands, like, grip my shoulder, and I, like, 
stopped talking and my cousin was like, do you, do you feel something right now? I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But my grandpa told me, he was like, if they're like across from you or like farther away, they're just like watching. But if they're touching or they're like, you know, right in front of you, they're trying to like grab you or like they're trying to like do something. So I was like, all right. So as long as they're at a distance, we're mm-hmm. chilling. The nice thing about your, your stories is it seems like <coughs> the people were there in love, like protection, like the warrior, your great aunt from Guam. Um, but it does become scary, like when the spirit is powerful enough where you can feel it or like it's moving things mm-hmm. or touching you. <clears throat> that suggests to me that there's an energy there that is you know, making them angry that they're still there. They're like, they're trying to manipulate the world. Um, it was really hard for me to listen to your story about the mirror and the old lady's face. Cause I really wanted to make a joke. You're just seeing your true self. really good <laughs> I'm sorry your great aunt passed and everything <laughs> what about you Jade I know you've had some encounters well at my grandparents house <laughs> <laughs> I really wish uh, like we could phone Cassidy right now too because she's like our unofficial archivist she's so smart and observant and she just has this photographic memory where she reminds us like oh you already talked about that so I feel like I might be repeating myself uh, because these stories I feel like (laughs) continue to haunt me and uh, so I'm always reciting them so I apologize if these are repetitive but um, I I think I was a lot more open or attuned or maybe looking for things because my Vietnamese side of the family had experienced so many hauntings in Vietnam, obviously, because millions of people are dying around them um, before they came to this country. So, I mean, my mom was always telling me about this little girl that was floating in their house in Saigon and had like this long pointed tongue that would roll out, like unfurl like a red carpet and like try to lick her. And like she got so scared when she passed out and my grandma would talk about being pinned to the bed and the pressure points on her palms or being almost like the crucifixion, you know? Um, and so there's just like this proliferation of stories. There's thousands of them. Um, and they're not my stories to tell, but those are two that come to mind as things that I was really thinking about as a kid. So um, before I was five years old I was usually at my grandparents house which was in San Pedro I know it's Pedro but people from Pedro say Pedro um (laughs) so the house was built I don't know like in the 40s or something and so there had been a few inhabitants before my grandfather came back from the wars and and bought that house and so I was there a lot and alone a lot because my grandfather was working my grandma was off doing her thing but my grandma told me 
you know, she's like, don't go in my room. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. All your jewelry and your money's in the shoe boxes. I won't <laughs> touch it. God, I won't use your wet and wild lip gloss. But she told me very early on, she's like, there's a man in there. And, um, uh, my grandma kind of had like a crack room almost. She wasn't a crackhead, but she put foil on the windows and everything and hang blankets up. So it was completely dark. And she's like, you know, if you go in there when I'm not there and the man is laying on the bed, you know, I don't want him to do anything to you. And I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I would always walk down the hallway and all the bedrooms are branched off from this one main hallway. So whenever I'd walk down the hallway, man, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it. Every time I'd walk down this hallway, it was similar to what you said, Alora, that I could feel pressure on my shoulders. And I know people talk a lot about it feels like someone's walking close behind you, but it was almost like they were pushing me down. Um, and so I would often run through the hallway just to get away from that feeling. And it was the strongest right by my grandmother's bedroom. However, that was not the end of it. So at the end of the hallway, you branch left. That was my auntie's room. And uh, I was in that room for a little bit with my mom. And in, before I turned five, I would go sneak in there with my aunt, who was a teenager at the time. So I just thought she was the coolest person in the world, teasing up her hair with Aquanet and everything. So I'd go in there and sleep and... Uh, my feet would always be tied with the sheets in the morning. And I'd go like, what the fuck did you do that? She's like, <laughs> she's like I wasn't even here last night. I was out with my boyfriend. <laughs> so I just like wake up alone and the sheets were tied around my ankles. And one time she actually stayed in bed with me. <clears throat> and we were laying close to each other and we were still awake because I remember we were talking. And I was super excited just to be up late with my aunt. And all of a sudden, I just, like, roll off the bed. And she was, like, she, I remember her face, like, peering over the bed and being, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why, why did you do that? And I was, like, I didn't do it. Why did you push me? And then we had a moment where we looked at each other and we're, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just lots of things like that. Like, the bed would kind of move at night. And I used to play in the closet a lot which I thought was like my safe space. And then many years later, my cousin Keanu was in that room and uh, his mom would say that he, as a baby, would scream and like cry and then she'd come in the room and he'd be quiet, but the lights were going on and off in the closet or sometimes the door would be open after she closed it. It was one of those accordion doors and so, and then as he got older, like a toddler, he'd start to draw pictures that looked like demons and fire from the closet, like light coming out of the closet. <laughs> and that was her so sweet. <laughs> so, th so this aunt was married into the family and she comes from a Catholic background. So she was like, no, fuck this. And she calls the priest. <laughs> She calls the city to find out the public records on the house. Turns out a little girl died in that room. Some tragic accident killed her when she was little. And it matched up with what my cousin Keanu was saying about <clears throat> what he was seeing and feeling from that closet energy. 
So it was like a little girl, like six or seven or something. I don't know if she, I think she like asphyxiated or in her sleep. I could be mixing that up because I, I know that my mom had a house in Vietnam, but there was a little girl that was asphyxiated as well. So there's that. Do you want to hear another one? <laughs> I promise these are not all. I'm not like wasting them all in the first question, but these are my earliest memories. It's this house because like every room had something. So so last room I'll go to. Actually, oh, there's another one too. But anyway, I'll save that for later. Um, so you cross the hallway from my auntie's room. And this was the room where me and my mom spent the most time. And there was a built-in bookshelf. And, like, a huge sliding glass door that went out to the garden where all the fruit trees were. <clears throat> Sounds like a, an idyllic little home. It wasn't. <clears throat> all the time, stuff would fall off the bookshelf. They weren't books. It was, like, other shit. Nobody in my family read. But stuff <laughs> would, would fall down all the time. It hit me. And I remember multiple times you're like, Mom, it's another earthquake again. And she's like, okay, stupid. No earthquake. <laughs> Um, but like stuff would fall and hit me on the head and there was just a, a really dark, heavy energy in that room. It was almost like you were just exhausted immediately walking into that room and I could never really explain it cause nothing explicit happened like in the other rooms in the house, but Later, after we had moved out, my Catholic aunt was in there with my uncle, and she said, like, this is in Pedro, so in L.A., so no snow, no ice or anything. She said that when they were sleeping in that room, that sliding glass door would ice over, and she would get up, and she'd, like, try to rub it and be like, what the, why is there, like, frost on this window, you know? We never get anything like that, and it wouldn't come off, and then she would tell me about, she'll never listen to this, so I'm going to tell her. She'll, she would tell me that uh, my uncle would wake up in the middle of the night and, like, try to have sex with her. And she's like, man, get the fuck off me. Like, what are you trying to do? I'm sleeping over here. And he go, what? You were just talking to me. And, like, you were telling me that this is what you wanted. And you were touching me. And, like, I'm ready to go because you were touching me and you were talking to me. And it happened multiple times to the point where she was like, she got scared and she was like, what did the voice say to you? Because it wasn't me. And he's like, you called me Joseph. And nobody calls my uncle Joseph. We've always called him Joe. And she's the only one who calls him Joseph, probably because of the Catholic thing. <laughs> and he goes, you called me Joseph and you said things to me that only you say how are you telling me you didn't say that she's like i was asleep i was dead asleep i don't know what you're talking about and that's when she called the priest to exercise the house because she was like the ghost the spirit in this room knows your name mm -hmm. and knows how i talk to you it's been watching us and it's strong enough to touch you and to try and get you to have sex with me it's trying to get into our bodies because why else is it doing this like it's not asking you for something it's not trying to get you to do something for it it's trying to get us to do something together like it's using us as a vehicle to, to like get more power to like get in a human body to do something
And she was like, oh, fuck it. Like, let's call in all the priests. I think she called in like two or three priests to exercise it. Yeah. So um, things didn't get better until my grandfather died. Oh, that sounds fucked up. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Honestly, my grandfather dying is one of the worst things that ever happened to me. But in terms of the haunting, the ghosts didn't check their fucking shit until my grandfather died and was hanging out in the house, like smoking in the bathroom. And then they all left or at least behaved themselves because nobody fucked with my grandpa. Like, he was there, and he was watching us. Thank God, because he was protecting him. Because, like, bad stuff was happening in that house. And everybody felt it. So, yeah. And uh, I I broke my arm when I was five because a ghost pushed me off a chair. Tried to push We had a big stone fireplace, and it tried to push me. And it, well, it did push me. It, my head landed, like, within a couple inches of the fireplace. I was by myself. And just got like thrown back. <clears throat> and I broke my arm, like cracked my arm in half, but I didn't hit my head. And I just, I couldn't get up afterward. I had laid there for hours until someone came home. So the ghosts in there were like trying to actively hurt us. Like the, something bad happened to them. And so they were trying to do bad to us. But my grandfather saved us in enough, in so many ways. Lots of times he did. Hmm. So that that's took like a few. That's like an intro. <laughs> oh my so god! Long. <laughs> you know, when people are like, "Oh, I love going to my grandma's house," I was like, "No way, man! Grandma's house is scary." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, sorry that that's was long. But I, when I start talking about it, it all comes back. Mm-hmm. Does your family still live there? My my family doesn't live there anymore. They (coughs) sold that house a long time ago. Um, And I remember when they sold it, it was like really nice family. Uh, My grandma (laughs) and my aunties were like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. My hamster is buried in the backyard. So maybe they have like a little hamster ghost, like a cute one. I'm so dead. Uh, there was like cracks in the ceiling too. I, I don't know if that was a ghost thing or just terrible craftsmanship. <laughs> I just remember like looking and I was like, why are all the fucking cracks in the ceiling? Every scary movie that's like actually scary that I've ever seen, there's always cracks in the ceiling. Yeah, it seems to go along with it, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if that's just like a symbol of like the house breaking down and things coming out, but yeah, there was a lot of cracks in that the ceiling of that house. Sometimes it's like a portal for them to come through, you know? Yeah. In your opinion, do you think that I am possessed by one of said spirits? Because <laughs> that's you still get haunted now. This is my greatest fear that because I was so little and alone in the mm. house so much that one of them got into me and that's why I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, sometimes when you're just having a bad day and you like drop something on your foot and you're like, God damn it, is it the ghost? 
I'm crying. <laughs> Someone's racist to me, and I'm like, God, the ghosts. <laughs> blame everything on the ghosts. Yeah, I think so. If I do bad at work, I'm going to blame the ghosts. Yeah. It's a good fallback. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I got goosebumps. No. I think it would be worse for you, though, if you were actually possessed. Like, I I think it would be a lot worse than just, like, being sad. You know? Like, you would be very different. Like, dark. And, like, we are we are all very dark, but, like, in a bad way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I think it would be a lot worse. That movie Paranormal Activity scared me because the spirit followed the lady like from when she was a kid remember it followed her from house to house and Mm -hmm. it didn't really necessarily make her dark until it got into her at the end that's true yeah so maybe my time's coming (laughs) special episode oh my god very special episode (laughs) jane gets possessed (laughs) (laughs) i try to exercise it like a poop demon or something that's why i have dreams about pooping out of my mouth and when i tell you guys about it you're like whoa (laughs) see i'm putting the pieces together let's segue into dreams (laughs) are you you guys haunted in your dreams like what's been your worst nightmare recurring (laughs) why are you getting murdered all the time are you doing the murdering Oh, is this a question for me or for Alessi? It's for all of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I missed a name. Alessi, do you want to start? Do you have, like, dreams or nightmares? Okay, I have one. I literally have only ever had one. Well, I've had a couple nightmares, but, like, reoccurring. But it's, like, it's more sad than it is anything. Like, I'm at... So I'm, like, at my dad's funeral, and I'm, like, in the church that we had the funeral at. You know where... um the boys live at it's at that church that's where we had his funeral but um so I'm like at the front of it and I'm like going through the little pillar thing because there's like there's like an archway on the outside and then you go in and there's like a little sitting area where the bathrooms are and then you actually go through the wood doors um to like go into the church into the church so I'm like standing there and the doors are like wide open and I walk through And then, like, on the sides, um, all the pews are filled with, like, my family and stuff and, like, my friends and, like, whoever, like, is close to me. Because I've had it, like, like, I think I had it the first time right after my dad passed away. Or not, I'm sorry, right after my dad's funeral. And then, like, I've just had it, like, consistently, like, since then. And the last time I had it was, like, a week and a half ago type shit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, a week or two weeks ago. Um... But anyways, yeah, so, like, I'm, like, walking in, and, like, everybody's on the sides and stuff, and they're just, like, staring, like, straight ahead to the front of the church, and I can see my mom and my grandma and my aunt that just passed away, they're, like, standing at the front of the church, like, holding hands, like, looking at me, and they're, like, like, they don't say anything, and they don't, like, do anything, but I can tell that they're trying to, like, get me to come to them, so I walk, like, straight down the middle of the church, and um when I get about halfway there like I kind of look to the side at my family members sitting there and they're just like all staring at me now like watching me like 
walk up the middle of the church because before they were looking at the front but now like everybody in there is just like on like eyes on me and then um i'm trying to like remember what happens okay so like i get to the front and i'm like um there's like a casket there behind my my mom and them and um i like peek over the side of the casket but there's nothing in it like it's just an empty casket so i try to ask my mom like hey like what's going on and like i can't talk like i can't say anything like i open my mouth to speak but nothing comes out or at least like i can't hear anything come out so i'm like what the fuck is going on so like i go back to the cast or i go back to like look at my family members on the sides and then everybody's just like gone like instantly like i i don't hear them move and i don't see anybody move but like there's just nobody there anymore and it's just me and my mom and my grandma and my aunt so I'm like, I get like really confused and I get kind of scared. And then I look at the casket again and then my dad is there. But I turn back around to look at my mom and them and then they're gone too. So it's just me and my dad in his casket. And then I'm like crying over him and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like in my head, like I can feel myself thinking it, but I can't say anything. Like for some reason, I just can't talk in my dream and that's something that actually happens a lot to me like I just can't speak at all I can like feel things and I can think things but like nothing comes out of my mouth um but yeah so like I'm like crying over him and then I turn back around and um there's still nobody there but I look back and the casket's gone so I kind of start to like back up and I'm like um like what is it called like backpedaling and I trip and as I trip, like, I can feel, like, hands and stuff around me. So I look down and pretty much, like, all of my family's bodies are underneath me. And then at the top of, like, the pile of bodies is my dad's casket. And then he rolls out of the casket. And then, like, I wake up pretty much. But, yeah. Oh, my God. So it's just, like, pile, like, a literally, like, my whole entire family is just, like, dead. And my dad's at the top of it. And I'm, like, crawling over them to try and get out of the church. And that's my reoccurring dream. That's the only one I've ever had. But that shit, like, oh. Every time I have that dream, I wake up and I'm just like, why am I here right now? Like, it's, it, it gets, I feel like it gets worse every time, but it's never, like, really, really changed, you know? Like, I kind of just get older in the dream. Because for a while, like, I was nine. Like, I was, like, the age that I was, that I was when my dad passed away. But, like, as I've gotten older, it kind of, like, I get older, but, like, the last time I had it, I was probably, like, 16 in that dream. Like, I wasn't the age that I am now, so it doesn't keep up with me. So I don't know what that is supposed to mean, but, yeah. <laughs> Heartbreaking. Do you... Yeah. And it's especially frustrating when you, in the dream, can't express yourself and can't speak, especially when you're overcome with emotion like in that situation do you yeah. ever like keep track of when it comes back in your life and what that might mean for you and like grieving and what your dad's maybe trying to say to you yeah I try to because I keep a journal and like I try to uh, stay consistent with it but like it just it's random like it doesn't happen at like significant points in my life like for example around when I graduated mm -hmm. um last year like I didn't have it at all during that time and I haven't had it at all like from then to when we moved out here until like a week ago or like two weeks ago but it was like nothing like like nothing was happening to me well I guess 
it was right when I came back out here from my aunt's funeral. So maybe that's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because my aunt, whose funeral we came to California for, she was she was one of the ones that I saw in the front, like with my mom. So that that was the only time that I can really pinpoint that it was actually significant, though. Like all the other times, it just like it just happens. But I think too, like when I think about my dad a lot, it comes back. Um, but yeah, I don't get it. So if you guys <laughs> have any ideas, because I've never gotten it, like what it's supposed to mean. And I've thought about it like a lot. It's like, like, why am I crawling over my family's bodies? You know, I'm like, it's just a shitty dream. Allura, dream interpreter. Do you have ideas? <laughs> no, I was like, let's phone in Julie. Um <laughs> No, but I always look up, like, the significant, like, little pieces of things. Mm -hmm. Like, what does everyone in your life, like, significantly dying mean (laughs) in your dream? And usually it's, like, it's not necessarily what it's expressly, visually, like, saying. It's more of, like, a subconscious, like, alternate meaning. Um, Mm -hmm. And so not taking it literally, but like, what do they like represent or whatever? Maybe like, what does crawling in a dream mean? You know, so breaking it down by like little things and then you can kind of piece together the message of it. Jade, are you doing that right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so good. A funeral in your dream can mean that there's something weighing you down in your daily life that you need to let out so it doesn't lead to resentment or bitterness within you toward others. Um, A dream of a coffin usually symbolizes the end of a cycle. Sometimes it can indicate something positive, such as getting over your traumatic experience. Or it can signify finally letting something or someone go. Um, but it could also mean that something is about to happen. Oh, the reward. <laughs> well. I mean, <clears throat> I think with all of this, especially because <clears throat> your dad's passing and all the family members there mean so much to you and who you are, it seems to me like it's just a part of your grieving process because like that grieving the morning never goes away it just kind of takes mm-hmm. different shapes and forms and it's not linear so things come back stronger sometimes so <clears throat> i think sometimes even when things are going well that your dad's always going to be in your mind and your heart so maybe he just comes back to you at these times because <clears throat> i don't know about you but Sometimes when things are going well for me, it almost makes me feel guilty or more afraid because I don't want to feel like I've forgotten of the struggles or the sacrifices or the losses that I've had. Mm-hmm. And I also want to prepare myself for what might be coming that could be bad. So sometimes those people from my past will pop up in my dreams when I'm afraid that things are going too well, like I don't deserve it. Um, but yeah I don't know it just feels like there's so many emotions in there of like people looking at you and feeling a little self-conscious of like why is everybody looking at me and then everybody slowly disappearing in stages and and then it's you having to just like be with your dad and I mean you kind of becoming your own person after your dad's passing like 
So it just seems like there's a lot there that's not even necessarily bad, even though it might be a really sad dream. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I think even when the dreams are sad, to see someone who's passed in your dream is at some level a little bit comforting just because you get that see that feeling. Yeah. yeah, like I think it's gotten more comforting as I've gotten older than it is like really bad, you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, I do I do think heavy on like because I am so self-conscious with my family that probably has a big, big part of it. Yeah, and feeling like you can't say what you want to say in mm-hmm. those spaces. Hmm, that's heart-wrenching, Alessi. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I know, I was like, that was literally the only reoccurring dream that I've ever had, though. And I don't really, like, dream that much, so. Oh, lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could not dream. (laughs) Allura, have you ever been visited by a a dead person in a dream? Um, no. Most of my dreams, like, when I was little... I had a lot of dreams about people murdering me or, like, trying to kill me. Um, Like, (laughs) I remember this one that was, like, so vivid. Like, to this day, I remember everything. And did you guys ever watch Lost? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I love. Yes. You know the bald guy? Like, John? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That man was trying. He was coming for me. And <laughs> I remember, like, I would, I was, like, on, like, the run, like, everywhere, and I would see his, like, bald head, and I'll be like, oh, man, he caught up to me. And then, like, towards the end, like, I am exhausted, and I'm sitting on this bench, and he comes to sit, like, right next to me, and he, like, pulls up my shirt and, like, takes out this, like, needle that has like this greenish like poison in the middle and just like like puts it like right um above my belly button and then i wake up you're just a psychological gold mine (laughs) are you okay (laughs) and i remember like waking i think i was probably like fourth grade fourth grade at that time um but that was like that one dream has like i've always remembered it because it was so vivid and so crazy um (laughs) it's kind of unsettling what a precise way of killing it is yeah more disturbing than like you being bludgeoned by the old bald guy from lost yeah it was, I'll never forget the visual. It was, like, this needle with, like, this little itty-bitty, like, vessel of just, like, green fluid. Oof. And him, like, oh, like pulling up my shirt and just sticking me above my belly button with it. And so then me just, like, looking at him. You've been like, preoccupied with murder and stuff since you were a kid. Yes. Was someone murdered in your family? Or did you witness a murder or... I know. (laughs) Is there a reason? (laughs) I don't know if there's a reason. Um, Also, like, 
I don't really know a lot of my childhood because I like blocked it out a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So who knows if I've witnessed a murder? That's not my business, you know. <laughs> Ma'am. Yeah, if you don't remember, whatever. Um, yeah, but I think because I was always like a vi- I'm an introvert at heart, and I was very shy when I was little, and so I I think there was just like a lot of upheaval at such a young age and so I was very much you know in myself and so I think all of those like fears and unsettledness and just Mm. scary things just manifested into people killing me Um, (laughs) maybe it's just like a violation of a boundary you know especially the way you describe him rolling up your shirt and like putting it in that place right above your belly button it just seems so like intimate that maybe it's just a as an introvert who was in upheaval and you didn't have a lot of stability and safety maybe that's oh i don't know i just i love you and i hope you're okay <laughs> She's starting therapy next week, so we'll see. Period. <laughs> the is going to earn her money, honey. Um, I want what? to be her favorite, like, client, like, her favorite <laughs> appointment. Like, <laughs> isn't that meme that's like, oh, my gosh, my number one goal is just to make my therapist laugh, so I'm her favorite. <laughs> exactly. That, that's going to be me. <laughs> Actually, last week, my therapist told me, she asked me, how did you get so funny? <laughs> I don't think well. you think I'm funny love it I made it <laughs> but speaking of lost you know what lost taught me hmm. is that the one thing that bonds my two very different parents is their mutual hatred for Korean people mm. <laughs> so thank you Daniel Day Kim <laughs> I'm I mean, he was like pretty terrible at the beginning, you know, like mm-hmm. he wasn't the best person. Well, yeah, it's just uh, like a stereotype it's, validation for both yeah, my parents. Their their opinions on on the matter. It's so. I mean, in a way, it's kind of heartwarming when two people from opposite sides of the world find sharing a mutual people. hatred. Yeah. It is very bonding. It yeah, is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe they should have stayed together. (laughs) I'm so dead. Uh, Okay, so one of the (laughs) traumatic things that happened to me was, I mentioned earlier, my grandfather died when I was 10. And he was like my one source of stability throughout my childhood. Take me to school, make sure I was fed, made sure that my hair was brushed, even though he burnt the shit out of my hair with the blow dryer. He didn't know how to do it, and he'd hold it, like, straight, like, against my head, and my hair would turn white. It would, like, burn. But he really tried, and he was trying to do all the things of, like, raising this little girl, which he had never done before. So he was my stability. So he passes away when I'm 10. My mom bails from Pedro, where I had lived my whole life, so all my family... I was going to say all my friends. I didn't really have a lot of friends, but people that I knew and my school and my teachers who loved me because I was seeking attention through good grades because I didn't get it anywhere else. 
But like everything that I knew, my whole neighborhood, I just got moved out of it super quickly, like very abruptly after my grandfather died. And so in the new house where we lived in Orange County, which is its own trauma in and of itself, I had put up this picture of me with my grandfather when I was a baby and it was still him when he could like move around. He was always older because... Well, I won't get into that family tree because it's a it's a saucy, sexy little story. But um, it's this older picture. So when he was still a little more vibrant, he's holding me as a baby and he's like smiling and he looks happy to have this grandchild, me. And so I put it up in my room and I start having these nightmares of... It is one of those nightmares where you feel like you're in it, but you're also observing it. It's a little bit of out-of-body experience. But my bedroom starts pulsing with light and noise and not in like a club way where it's fun. It's almost like a, as if a war was contained within a room. It's just like all of this like shock and awe explosion. And my grandfather was a career soldier. So I am just thinking about like what that would have meant for him, but it felt very scary like something really awful was about to happen and it was uh, kind of like in the haunted mansion at disneyland where the doors are breathing and like pulsing and so i kept having these recurring nightmares of this new room that i was in and i tell my mom like mom i can't sleep i keep waking up like sweating and crying from these nightmares and uh, my mom goes oh, well, do you have any pictures of, like, dead people in your room? And I'm like, that's a weird question. Like, I just got portraits of Abraham Lincoln up in my room and I'm 10. But I was like, oh, I do have out of, because I had collaged the whole walls, you know, so I had to really look. I found this picture of my grandfather. I take down the picture and the dreams disappear. Like, I just don't see him in my dreams anymore. So I don't know what that was because my grandfather was such a positive part of my life so I don't know why the dream was so negative um and why I was so scared um so I don't really understand that but I will say that the scariest nightmare that I've had with a ghost is before Mike and I were married I moved into this house that we live in now and you can see the beautifully unmade bed behind me And we're living just as a married couple would, sharing everything, raising Audrey, all of that. And then I learned by living here that the only former inhabitant was the World War II uh, bomber pilot who built this house after he came back from the war. And he was super Catholic. And the neighbor who lives across the street knew him and would talk about like what a devout family they were. And they had a bunch of kids and they're the only people who lived in this house before. And he built it with his own hands. So I, at the time, used to wear this um, jade necklace of Fakbao, which is like our Buddha who protects the house and the home and the children and everything. So I'd wear that. My mom got it for me and my grandma used to wear one too. So it was like our maternal tradition to wear that, especially in a a mother role, taking care of a home. So I'd wear it. And I started having these dreams where a man's spirit, 
I couldn't see his face, but I knew it was a man. He would come to me while I was sleeping and rip the Buddha off of my necklace. And he would tell me that I don't belong in this house and that I needed to get out. And if I didn't get out, he would force me out. And I was like, oh, God, Catholics, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so uptight. <laughs> and, um, but then it got worse. Then it would be that feeling of somebody pushing on my shoulders when I walked down the hallway. And especially as I went to the bathroom, like someone would follow me. And then it got stronger where I would hear footsteps walking down the hall at night and it would wake me up and I'd wake Mike up and Mike is not necessarily a believer, but he heard the footsteps as well. And then it got worse when we heard that the man's wife who had been in a nursing home passed away and we heard both of their footsteps walking through the house sometimes during the day as well. So I went to my mom and I said, mom, look, this man who built this home he doesn't agree with me being here you know we're not married yet I think that is making him mad he's coming to me at night and now during the day saying I need to get out of the house and I think something bad's gonna happen because I can feel and hear them now in the house and Mike can too so it's not just me she goes well I'll do it the Asian way like offer him some fruit (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, like this white Catholic guy is going to be like, cool, you brought me a bowl of fruit. But I did it and I did it twice. And I talked to him and I had Mike talk to him because, you know, Mike is like my white guy power. So I was like, I was like, maybe if you say it too, maybe he'll really believe it. So we talked to him, we put out the fruit and we lit the candles and we said, look, we understand we're not married. and Maybe that goes against our values. Um, but we really love each other. We have all intent to get married and we're going to take care of your home. We know you built it the, in this, this beautiful home and we're going to take care of it the best we can. And so all we offer in return is this food and, and please know that you're always welcome here, but please don't hurt us because we're trying to take care of what you built and, and we will honor you that way. And it didn't work the first time. It kept getting worse. It kept having the nightmares and the nightmares got more violent and to the point where my actual necklace in real life broke. And I haven't worn it since. I do keep it on my altar. I have an altar in this house, but I, I haven't worn it since because uh, I don't want to bring that back. But um, we did it a couple more times and it seemed to get a little bit better, but he didn't get out of my dreams or my nightmares until Mike and I got married. So that healed the haunting like they didn't leave us alone until we got married so that was like some hardcore catholics shit right there that's crazy isn't that crazy how long did you live there before you got married oh it wasn't wasn't long it was like a year oh you're a trooper Uh uh-uh i would not (laughs) have dealt with that for a whole year that's crazy Honestly, it got to the point where I had to, if I had to get up and go to the bathroom at night, I had to wake Mike up to walk with me to the bathroom and I had him stand at the door to protect me and just in case something happened. Like I didn't want to get pushed and like hit my head on the tile mm-hmm. or something because it was feeling like it was getting to that point. Like the guy was really angry. Catholics are crazy as so. hell. Yeah. 
Yeah, sex out of wedlock, baby. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. It brings people back from the dead. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're going to come back now because you talked to you're gonna. The microphone's going to pick up on footsteps running down the hall. What'd you say, bitch? <laughs> I was <laughs> so yeah, I didn't. Ghosts come in in dreams too, but that that was a pretty scary one. What would you say is like the, the scariest ghost experience you've had? Like ooh, inducing. I got one. My mom's oh. house. So my mom lives in like KKK Central of California, right? We all know this. Um, <laughs> So her house, like, I don't know if um, her boyfriend's dad built it or not, but I know that he's had it for, like, since the 80s, I'm pretty sure. Like, maybe the 70s. I don't know. His dad's really old. But he's, like, lived there, like, forever. And, like, where my mom lives at, like, she lives up in the mountains of Fallbrook. So it's, like, just in the cut. Like, they literally live in a little cul-de-sac. But um, I was homeschooled in high school for two years, right? Like, when I was a sophomore and junior. So I was home by myself, like, a lot. And there was a couple, like, different times that, like, stuff just, like, would happen in that house. But there was one that I remember, like, very vividly, which was, like, one of my breaking points and why. It wasn't the only reason why I moved back into my grandparents' house, but it was, like, one of the biggest things. I was like, yeah, I can't be here anymore. So... I, like, woke up in the morning, and I was, like, doing my thing, like, got ready, took a shower, whatever. Like, everything was fine. Um, I remember, like, I smoked in my room, and everything was cool. And then, like, I'm sitting in the living room doing my homework on the computer, because, like, it was, like, right in front of the big, like, front door and the window and stuff. So I would just, like, sit there and do my work. And then all of a sudden, like, the radio in the kitchen turned on. And you know the old radios? where it's like plugged into the wall and it has like the little dial turn things on it like he had one of those because he would listen to the news on it and I go into the kitchen and I'm like what the hell because nobody was home um so I go in there and I'm like what because it's playing like an old song like you know those old like creepy songs where the lady's just like belting singing it was playing that and I was like what the fuck is that because he listens to the news on it like he didn't even listen to music so I was like I don't get it and I go in there, and the music stops, like, as soon as I walk, like, um, like, over the thing into the kitchen. It's not even plugged into the wall. Like, it literally was not plugged into the wall. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was, like, freaking out already because of that. And I'm like, you know what, whatever, like, I'm high. I'm probably just, like, hearing <laughs> things. I was like, I'm just gonna ignore it. So I go back into the living room, and I, like, doing my homework, whatever, whatever. And it happens again, but it's louder this time. And I'm like, dude, like, what the hell is going on? So I go back in there, and it doesn't stop this time. Like, it keeps playing when I walk into the kitchen, but it's still not plugged into the wall. Like, the light on the thing, like, there's a little box that would light up red. It wasn't even on. And I'm like, I was like, okay, maybe, like, something else is playing, and it just sounds like this. So I'm, like, looking around in the kitchen like to see if there's like a record player or not a record but like you know like something playing music i'm like what the fuck is this and there's nothing like there's nothing and then um i'm like you know what whatever so i like turn the volume dial down and then the music just like shuts off like it doesn't even like lower it just like completely goes off and i'm like okay 
Like, if it happens again, I'm just going to go outside and wait for my mom to come home from work because I'm not doing that. So I go back and I'm, like, looking because, like, in the computer, because the screen was shut off, like, I can see the reflection, like, of behind me. So I'm, like, looking at the computer screen and I can see, like, everything behind me and there's nothing moving or anything. But the music comes on again, like, for a third time and I'm like, bro... Like, they're just trying to mess with me at this point. Because it's the middle of the day, too. Like, I knew my mom's house was haunted. But it usually only happened at night. So I'm like, it's the middle of the day. Like, what is going on? So I, like, go back. And as I'm walking back into the kitchen, I look down the hallway where, like, all of our rooms are. And this little boy in, like, a little sailor outfit. Like, with the freaking the hat and the bow thing. You know, the bow thing that they would always wear. Oh, my God. It gives me chills every time I think about it. But he's, like, taking, like, he's, like, running down the hallway towards, um, like, past my mom's room and, like, into my mom's boyfriend's dad's room. And I'm, like, you got me fucked up. Like, I was, like, you got me fucked up. So I, like, grabbed my phone and I, like, called my mom and I was, like, crying. Like, I was crying hysterically. She thought somebody, like, broke into the house or something. And I, like, took off outside and I was, like, bro. I was like, there's somebody, there's something in this house right now. I was like, it's trying to get me. I don't know how it's trying to get me, but it's trying to get me. And she was like, I can't even understand what you're saying. Like, why are you freaking out like this? And I was like, dude, I was like, you need to come home from work. Like right now. Like I literally told her, I was like, get off and come home. I was like, I'm freaking, like I was freaking out. And like, as I'm like talking to her on the phone, like our, um, because we had, like, a garage garage where it was, like, the big door and then there was, like, a side door. And I was sitting outside of the side door. It, like, flung open and it started swinging back and forth, the um, the side door. And the door is, like, really hard to open because it's heavy. So it was, like, you have to, like, pull it, you know what I mean? And I was, like, oh, no. So I, like, took off and I went up the hill and I waited for her to come home. And that shit traumatized me. Like, it was so bad and I can just feel like the heaviness in the house and I knew that I was alone too like I I had been alone that whole day like nobody else was home so I was like what the fuck is going on yeah that I think that was like the worst worst um spirit encounter I've ever had in my life because I've had some bad ones but that shit mm -mm. little kids in sailor costumes own chilling dude it was bad Ooh, that's really scary. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? Did things change or? Oh, I moved out. I don't know. I mean, like <laughs> I dipped. I mean, like I've been back to the house and it's been fine, but I won't be there alone. Like I refuse to be in the house alone. Like every time I go back now, if I have to like go check on my dog or something and nobody's there, like I'll take Keish with me. I don't, I don't go in the house by myself. Cause nothing ever happened when anybody else was there. It was always when I was alone. And it's like, it's KKK central out there. Like I, I know that there are people and there are like spirits that have like been in that town that would not like me. So that's why I was just like, no, I'm not doing this. Like they're going to, they're going to try and like, get me i mean i've always said racist ghosts are the worst ghosts (laughs) (laughs) that should be our first sticker for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm so dead (laughs) well yeah little little kids too that's that's it's creepy because it's sad Mm mm-hmm 
and it's always kids like whether it is like a grown ghost or not like they will use kids to like get the get the point across and i hate it yeah and you get why i mean if you were a kid that died you'd be pissed because you didn't have much time too Mm -hmm. so allura it's not funny Yeah, that shit traumatized me. <laughs> well, and you know the hard thing is that you said you were high or you were smoking. Mm-hmm. So if you say that, if you tell the story to a lot of people, they won't believe it. But I have a similar really scary story is that uh, when I was in high school, I did ecstasy. Yes. <laughs> Girls. I used to be cool. <laughs> And so I'm like spending most of the night being like, whoa, pupils are fucking crazy, bro. Like just staring in the mirror, you know, just uh, just enamored with human anatomy. I was just so fascinated. And so in the times that I had done ecstasy, it was very much like that. Like I would just sit by myself and just be fascinated by very simple things. So I never had reactions where I would freak out about anything like that. Um, so it was at our friend's house and we were just sitting, I was in the bathroom for most of the night looking in the mirror (laughs) and, uh, they go out to the kitchen and I'm like, Ooh, snacks. (laughs) But then they pull out a Ouija board, which I, I do not fuck around with stuff like that. I do not go to cemeteries as I don't believe in like walking over people's graves the way that they do here in America. Like I just don't mess with that at all even my dad who's like a non-believer he played with a ouija board once when he was young and he said he got so freaked out by what it said that he threw it in the trash and like moved the trash can down the street like it freaked him out so when they pulled that out i was like "Uh, i'm having no part of this like i'm not gonna touch it i don't want to be involved like you guys do your thing so i'm sitting away from them but i'm kind of watching what they're doing and I all of a sudden feel this very tall man standing next to me. And I hear him say my friend's name, Carrie. And I go, Carrie, do you hear that? Like, this guy keeps saying your name. Like, who is this guy? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then it, he starts speaking to them through the board. But nobody seems to notice that he's like standing right next to me. I just got super freaked out. Um, I don't necessarily remember what happened after that in their house. But when I got home later that night, I remember I was still feeling spooked. So I slept in my mom's living room. And the living room had windows that faced a gate that was at the side of our house. Like a big iron gate that was bolted into the ground because my mom being Vietnamese is very scared of anybody breaking into her home. So she had like bolted into the ground and then there was a big padlock on it and everything. And I wake up in the middle of the night to the sound of the gate banging, like boom, 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 boom. Like just like, as if like people, multiple people were grabbing it and shaking it because you'd have to have that force in order to make it shake. And so I wake up And I'm like sitting straight up and I'm looking at the window. I'm just expecting someone to like break through the window. And all I can hear so loud in my head is that sublime song. 
that goes, she's evil, evil, most definitely. And that is my friend Carrie's favorite band. Mm. And she literally, like as teenagers, she carved Bradley Knoll's um, name into our stomach after he passed away. And oh. I was all I could hear to the point where I was like covering my ears because it was so loud and it kept just that line, that lyric kept playing on loop in my head. And at that point I didn't feel high anymore. I'm just like staring at the window and going, make it stop, I can't make it stop. So I'm like turning on the TV and like turning on the lights just so that there's more energies in the room and I can get it out of my head. But I remember being so fucking scared because I didn't know who this man was. And why did he know my friend's favorite band and that song and that lyric and was playing it in my head? Like that just seemed too powerful for a stranger that Mm -hmm. had followed me home, by the way. So um, I never told my mom. She would have kicked my ass if she like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, that was very scary. But if I tell people that, they're like, you did ecstasy, <laughs> you know? I'm like, no, it really happened. I saw it. For real. And that's interesting that it followed you home and like not your friend. You know what I mean? That's well, kind of it's. I think it's because I saw him and I, mm. could, I knew he was tall and I knew he had a suit on, and but nobody else could see him. So I think he was like, oh, well, this is my vessel here because she's open. She's like, she can see me. That one gave me the chills. I did not like that. <laughs> Sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> Alora? Um, I was thinking, and I most of my experiences haven't been crazy scary. Um, and it's mostly just like a feeling I get that's like just like unexplainable. But this one time, me and my cousin, we were going to my other cousin's wedding in um, Washington. And we had, like, rented, like, an Airbnb because it was, like, an Everett. Um, And my grandparents were also staying with us. Um, And the house was just so... um, I don't even know how to... I would say maybe heavy and just, like, a little just uneasy and there were like two kids rooms there was like three bedrooms there was like the primary that like my grandparents had and then um there was one room that had like bunk beds and so me and my cousin like we stayed in that room and again it was so hot but it was like during it was like I think in like September October so it was like colder Mm -hmm. so there's no reason for it to be hot um but there was like another room and it was closed and then we finally like opened it up and it was like a whole ass like nursery oh no and the feeling Mm -hmm. in that like I didn't even go in it like I literally just opened the door and I was like no (laughs) we're closing this like I can't even like it was so just so crazy I was just like this baby died in this room Oh God! you know and my aunt who she was also there and so she was like came to the house to visit before the wedding and we we're just like can you just like <laughs> can you just like see what's going on in that room so it's not just us 
And she's, um, she was like a cop and she's like been to crime scenes and all this stuff. And so like, she like opened up the room and she also like, didn't even go in there. She was just like, literally the second I opened it up, like the hairs, like on the back of my neck, like stood up. And, like, mm-hmm. like when I've gone to like a crime scene where there's like a dead body you know like <clears throat> it was so crazy and so we're just like okay got it like we're gonna spend the least amount of time in this house <laughs> yeah. oh that's my god that rough. sucks because at that point you've checked in it's not like you can just leave yeah and then I was back. just like looking at the reviews and I was just like did anyone else think this was <laughs> <laughs> Had anyone else mentioned that? No! <clears throat> so, I don't know. Maybe, like, our family's just, like, a little bit more just <laughs> in tune with that. But it was so creepy. Like, I just, it was so heavy and dark and unsettling, that room. Well, I mean, some people feel it and others just don't. They don't even feel anything or recognize it or maybe they just don't believe in it and so the spirits don't waste their time oh my god i'm totally forgetting (laughs) my uncle and his wife moved into this house where i think there was a downstairs bedroom Uh, i think someone was murdered because every time i walk like you had to walk past it to get to the downstairs bathroom and it would get really heavy, like you said, Allura, like that was just one room. It was all concentrated there. And I would see eyes peer over the bed. But <clears> it <throat> just like, like, it's not just scary, like, oh, someone died here. It's like, oh, someone was fucking murdered here, like <clears throat> bad murder, like violent murdered. And then um, my aunt, my uncle and my aunt were traveling somewhere. And so me and my mom were house sitting. And we heard this like clicking and pounding upstairs. It was like click, click, boom, click, click, boom, click, click, mm. boom. Like, very repetitive. And uh, we went up, I think my stepdad went up there and looked around. He's like, oh, I don't see anything. But that's not saying much because he's an idiot. And so we called <laughs> out and my uncle and we're like, is there something like that's on or like, is it the heating system? Like, what would be making the sound that comes on at night? And she goes, oh, <laughs> it's nothing. And we're like, okay, it's something. And so uh, we kept hearing it. And then one night we were downstairs. We heard it. And we're like, okay, there it goes again. And then all of a sudden running footsteps down the stairs, like in a hurry, like boom, 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 boom. And then shit starts falling down the stairs. Like someone's throwing stuff down the stairs. And we were like, fuck this. Like, we're not going up there and we call my aunt and uncle again and we're like look like someone's running up there like it's footsteps like no doubt about it and they're throwing things like what happened here who's up there and my aunt was like oh no catholic you know they go to heaven honey it's okay it's fine but i could hear like the fear in her voice and so my mom was like okay well um, let's all just sleep in the living room here and we'll pray and like make sure everything's okay. And then we just heard it all night. Like, cause now it knew like we were too scared to go upstairs. So we all downstairs, like huddled together all night. We didn't like sleep at all, but it knew it had us scared. So it just kept going, kept going. 
and uh, my my mom tried to convince my uncle later one-on-one away from his Catholic wife, look, you got some bad fucking juju up in here. You got to move or something because it's, it's bad. It's like throwing shit. That's strong. And I, I don't think they ever believed us, but that one was really scary. Like that was the first time I felt a ghost where I was like, oh, this is murder. This is not just dying. Yeah, that reminded me, um, so my uncle graduated college in Chicago, and we ended up, um, like, renting a house out there, like, all of my mom's siblings, and it was, like, me, and I, yeah, I was the only cousin that was, like, alive at that time, because all the babies are younger than me, so it was, like, all my mom's siblings, and my mom didn't come, because she had to work, but I was there, and this house, like, I don't know what the fuck happened there, but it was bad, like, so... First of all, it was like a dwarf house. Like, I'm short. And I was shorter then because I was a kid. I was probably like 10, 11. But everything was like compact. Like, it was really, really, really small. Like, when I went up the staircase, like, I would hit my head on the ceiling. Like, it was that small. (laughs) But it was really weird because, okay, so like, there was, you know how like on the East Coast? Because I'm pretty sure Chicago's on the East Coast. Or something like that, like Midwest type. The Midwest, yeah, Illinois. Yeah, okay. So you know how they have like um the the things outside, the wood things where you go in. I think it's like a um evacuation shelter type of like whatever, but it like goes like under the house, like a basement type of thing. Kind of like a storm cellar or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. like a storm cellar. So like I I lived in California my whole life, so I'd never seen one of these. So. I remember, like, there was an upstairs to the house, and then there was, like, the ground, like, the regular level, and then there was that, like, basement type of thing. So, we were down there just, like, hanging out and stuff, because there was a TV down there, and that was the only part of the house that was, like, normal. Like, it was, like, normal height, you know what I mean? Like, the ceiling was actually, like, higher. But there was this wall, and, like, I think there was, like, a bookshelf or something in front of it. It was either a bookshelf or just, like, like with books on it and stuff, or it was just, like, empty. But it was in front of this wall, and, like, if you, like, moved the bookshelf, because I forgot why we were trying to move something, but you could tell that the wall behind it was, like, hollow. Like, you could open, you know? So, and we were there for, like, two weeks, I think, so we were just, like, exploring, because my uncle was, like, not that much older than me at the time, so he was, like, in high school. So we were like, let's see what's behind this wall or what's behind this bookshelf. So I remember we were like moving it and there was like a doorknob, like like a hole for a doorknob, but there was no actual door there. So we kind of just like, you could like put your hand in it and like pull it. So he opened it. Yeah, dude, like literally built into the walls of the basement. So this wall, he opens it. And there's, like, a light on already in there, like, as if, like, somebody was in there. You know what I mean? Like, and mind you, like, when we got into the house, like, everything was off. And they told us, like, please don't leave any lights on because, like, the electricity bill, the people that we rented it from. Because um, I think it was, like, an Airbnb, but, like, before Airbnb was a thing, you know? Because this was, like, this was, like, forever ago. But, um... So, yeah, he, like, opened it, and there was a light on already. Like, we could see it through the little doorknob hole. And we were, like, what the fuck? Like, that's really weird. So, we, like, go in, and we can see the string. You know how they have the string lights, and you just, like, pull it? So, we could see that. Um, But that light wasn't on. It was, like, a different light. So, we were trying to, like, find a switch or something, and we couldn't find it. But, like, this light was just, like, on in there. And there was, like, a bunch of workout stuff. Like, um, 
yeah, I don't even know. I don't know the names of workout stuff, but it was like it looked like a um, <laughs> it was like a workout room, you know. It was like a little like built-in gym in their house, but there was another like cutout of a door in there, and that one was locked. Like that one actually had a door on, but it was like locked, and it had like a um, it had like a chain on it, and we were like, oh yeah, no. And you could just feel it, dude. That's it where was the jars of body parts are. Exactly. It felt like Texas Chainsaw for real. Like it was really weird. I was like, why do you have a built-in gym under your house behind a bookshelf? Like what what happened in that room? You gotta yeah. stay in shape so that you can uh, you know, shoot little girls with green vials of poison <laughs> above their navels. Gotta be strong to hold people down. I'm crying. That, that's horrifying. This it is was a, bad. Like a strong warning against Airbnbs. Both mm-hmm. of your stories are very scary. Right. <sighs> okay, I've got goosebumps. I think we need to <laughs> pivot. <laughs> Try to <laughs> lighten the mood a little bit. Have you ever had like a nice comforting story with a ghost? Alessia, I know you've told me some before that were like, oh. Yeah. I know, I was thinking about the one I texted you about not that long ago, like when I first moved out here. Um, I was scared at first, but it was really nice. So, like, I was, like, driving home um, because we used to live on the other side of the island. So, I would have to drive, like, an hour and a half just to get to school. So, I was, like, driving home from school, and um, I was by myself. Like, it was just me and my car. And... I'm trying to remember, like, what exactly happened. Oh, I have a night marcher head in my um, in my car, and usually, like, in Hawaiian culture, like, that's supposed to be a sign of, like, um, like safety. Like, how you were saying about your necklace. Um, it's just, like, it's supposed to watch over you type of thing. Um, so, like, mine in my car, like, it shakes a lot because I drive kind of crazy. But the roads here are, like, really messed up. So, like, it just, like, shakes all the time, and I was driving, and I remember, like, I was just, like, singing to my music, um, minding my business, and it just, like, stopped. Like, it just stopped moving, and I, like, saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I was, like, that was weird. Um, but I was, like, okay, like, whatever, maybe it's just, like, smoother, this part of the road. So, I keep driving, whatever, whatever, and all my windows are up, and I see this car, like, coming this way, like, towards me. Um, like on the other side of the road and it was it looked exactly like my parents old car they had a uh it was like like a bluish silver chrysler and um i was like oh wow like that's my mom's old car like i remember saying that out loud to myself and then i look in my mirror and the car's just like gone like it was just like like it was never there at all and i was like okay like that shit just passed me like where did it go i was like okay like whatever maybe they just like took a turn or something even though I knew that there was, like, no turns on that road. Like, there's nowhere you can go. It's just a straight shot back and forth. But I was like, whatever, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I I like to I like to push things out because, yeah. But um, <laughs> I like to ignore things. But, yeah, so, like, I keep driving or whatever. And my fucking, my passenger window, like, in the front seat, it just, like, rolled itself down. And I was like okay because like my hand wasn't on the thing like I was on the steering wheel I was like that was weird whatever and the night marcher head like still hasn't moved at all so I like roll the window up with my thing because you know on the driver's side you have all the windows so I like roll it up and I'm like okay weird creepy whatever 
and then it like rolls itself down again and i'm like okay like what is going on right now so i rolled the or i left it and i was like if something's in the car with me right now like roll the window back up and the fucking night marcher head turns towards the passenger window and the fucking the window rolls itself up and i was like okay that was kind of weird and i was like freaked out because i'm like driving by myself in my car and it's like getting dark like the sun was like literally setting but i was like it doesn't feel like it didn't feel like negative energy like it just felt like something was like in the car with me and i was like okay and i was like i don't know who you are but like i'm driving right now so please like don't mess with me i was like i don't want to like crash my car or something and i was like saying this out loud i was like please just like don't mess with me while i'm driving and then, like, then I march ahead, started shaking again, and everything was fine, and, like, the window didn't turn, or didn't roll itself down or anything, um, so it was, like, cool, and then I got home probably, like, 20 minutes after that, but when I got home, I kind of just, like, sat in the car for a little bit, and, like, thought about it, and, like, processed what just happened, and I was telling Auntie when I told her about this, I was, like, I think because it wasn't a negative energy, like, it really felt like my dad was just, like, in the car with me trying to tell me, like, he was here. Because also, like, it was, like, when I had first moved out here and I was still feeling, like, really, um, what is the word? Like, I felt really guilty moving out here and leaving my grandparents. So I feel like, I felt like that was his way of telling me, like, you're doing the right thing, you know? But yeah, um, I think that's the only, like, good I've ever had with the spirit I mean there's been other times where I can like I can tell that my dad or like somebody in my family that's passed away before me is like around oh you know what I do have another one um we were at my dad's grave one time and it was me and my little cousin and um my grandma that I'm named after she passed away like a year before I was born so I never met her but um I like I look just like her like I've seen pictures and stuff And we're, like, sitting at my dad's grave and, like, where my grandma is um, buried, like, compared to my dad. She's, like, straight across, but she's, like, up on a hill a little bit. But I can see, like, where where her headstone is at from where my dad is. And my little cousin, he he was probably, like, four at the time. But he had never seen a picture of her and he had no, like, he didn't know who she was. He was a baby. And he's on my dad's side of the family and my grandma's on my mom's side. So we were, like, sitting there playing and stuff. and he like asked me he was like who's that lady over there watching us and I was like what are you talking about and he was like over there and he points like where my grandma is buried at and he was like she has these big glasses on and she's smiling at you and I was like first of all how the hell can you even see that far but um but he was like yeah she's over there and now she's waving at you and I was like what are you talking about and he was like you can't see her and I was like no because like I I couldn't see anything you know but it was funny that he said the big glasses because she had these sunglasses she would wear all the time that were like, um, what is it called? Like the turtle shell glasses. And they were like big, like big bulgy glasses. And I had glasses like that too. So whenever I would wear those, they were like, oh, you look just like Grandma Leslie right now. But it was just like crazy that he actually put that together. Cause it was like, there's no other way that he could have known like any of that. And it was just cool. I was like, oh, she knows who I am. She's watching over me, even though we never met. But yeah, I think, okay, that was my other one. (laughs) Those are both really nice that, you know, your dad and your grandma were there for you, watching over you. Yeah. That's so wholesome.
it's cute too that your dad listened to you and he's like oh sorry you're driving me uh, <laughs> right i'm like please please it's really cute yeah what about you guys you guys got any good ones <laughs> Handler, like, no, all ghosts are terrible, just like people. <laughs> Valid. I, um, uh, well, after my grandmother died, uh, it was funny because when we buried her, she's in a, what do they call it, like a mausoleum where they bury them in that wall, you know? And they oh, have yeah. to put that, like, marble slab over it and all that and so we were at that ceremony and the guy was soldering the marble slab onto it and then he was done and he was like cleaning up his supplies and everything and coming down off the scaffold and then the marble slab falls on his head and you know of course we're all like oh my god are you okay and and he was like oh yeah i'm fine and then we all just burst out laughing (laughs) like that is totally my grandma she was like one last joke before i go boom (laughs) Um, but then in Buddhism, you like mourn them for 49 days. So in that seven weeks or whatever, she visited all of us in some way. And when she came to visit me, she, uh, so my grandmother was a dancer. And so I always remember her with music and dancing and she would watch these Paris by night videos to watch Vietnamese music, but she would also watch like Beyonce videos and (laughs) um, any kind of like pop star that really like knew how to shake their ass she'd watch it and she'd like try to dance along in her living room and that was kind of like her way of reading because she didn't read so um she uh i have really scary stories about like right after she passed and the bad spirits that kind of followed her around in her room i i think it's like too scary for me to tell it because it will make me not sleep for weeks on end but the happy things as after she died when she came to visit me she would she found my dog and started dancing with my dog what she used to do when she was alive she'd like grab the dog's front two paws and they'd like dance and one day I was just doing laundry in the room it was like mid-morning and the dog's in the room and all of a sudden he sits up and he's like looking and like sniffing and then he gets up on his hind legs and he starts doing like the dance again. And I was like, Grandma, you funny little lady, you're here. And then I would like call my mom and my mom would go, Oh, the picture frame is moving again. So like whenever I would call, my grandma would take a picture of me and move it on the desk in front of my mom mm. where she had her phone and everything. And so just little visits like that were really heartwarming I think just to know that she was saying kind of goodbye to us and uh, before she went on to hopefully what is a much better life for her now I I hope that she's in a life where she can go to school and do fun things and just be happy because I think she really deserved that but yeah she's just like a playful person too so it was nice to see her playing in those seven weeks so that was heartwarming Alora, you don't have any no I was just thinking because like it's not necessarily ghosty related but I feel like it's within that realm but like I've had like really weird instances where like I've been somewhere before and then it's like come true like when I was in the first time when I was nine, like we were staying at 
my great grandparents' house, and they were giving us like the tour of the house. And in what in the room that I was staying in, like with my mom, I literally like knew everything in the room, like like I had been there before. Mm. Um, and like obviously, I was nine; like I've never been to Japan before. Like there was no photos; like I had no idea. But you know, it was like that like super vivid experience and feeling that I'd been there before. And even in the house that I'm living in now, like I was having recurring dreams of me and Tuba living in this house. And it was so vivid. Like I even drew the um, outline of the house. And in the kitchen, there was like this blue green tile that like always stuck out to me. And so when I went to go like see the house before I moved in I was like this seems so familiar in the kitchen has like a blue green tile and I when I went back home to look at the um look at the layout that I drew it was like the same like it matched you know and so ever like I always have these like really weird like things that are very oddly specific that I know I've been there and I don't like I don't know if it's I don't know what it is, but I always feel like I, it, I'm in the right place at that time. Mm. Like I'm in the right path of life that I'm going in. Mm, so that that's is, a little. That's very comforting. comforting. Hmm? That's very comforting. Like you're, yeah. it's, it's, you're truly at home when your ancestors are with you. You ever heard that theory that our spirits belong in families and so we kind of get reincarnated into the same circles of people that overlap mm -hmm. all the time so i wonder if if that's true maybe you're like a reincarnated ancestor that lived in that house before maybe. or knew that house somehow i know i was gonna ask if you believe in reincarnation because i i feel like that probably is what's happening yeah i i because i don't know what i I grew up Catholic, but I don't believe <laughs> I don't believe in it at all. And I never really given it much thought as to like what's out there. But I think the only mm -hmm. logical thing that makes sense for me is like reincarnation and how like we're all just being recycled, mm -hmm. you know, um, and yeah, so I... all the same matter throughout like whatever has existed in the past. So it's just recycled energy and life. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think spirits have very long lives and they just have to take on different forms because the form doesn't last as long. And I I do think that every so often there's new energy that's introduced. Like there's a need for something in your spirit family to like break a cycle or start something new. So I, I do think that's possible. But I, I was thinking back to uh, when my great aunt died <clears throat> And uh, I that was really tragic for me because my grandmother on my dad's side died when I was very young. I hardly have any memory of her except for when she was dying, which makes me sad. And so her sister was really like my grandmother in a lot of ways. So she died when I was 19. I was just heartbroken. And um, my aunt on the other side of my family had a friend who'd had a brain tumor in she'd had surgery to have it removed and after the surgery she heard voices of the dead and so Ooh. it was really overwhelming for her because anytime she met someone new she would hear all the spirits that followed them 
So I meet her and she's like hearing these voices. So we have this night because we're all intrigued by this. And we're like, you hear all of them. (laughs) So like my mom gets her reading done and my mom's had so many people in her life die and none of them spoke English. So this woman is showing her images. She's like drawing her things of stuff that there's no way she could have known. Cause not even my aunt knew my aunt was married. in, so she didn't know any of these like family secrets. And this lady was able to communicate them in drawing. Cause she's like, Oh, your brother is showing me this. And, but I don't understand his words. So I'm going to draw it out for you. And my mom was like, Whoa, that's fucking crazy. And then, so I go sit down with her and I'm still like grieving the loss of my great aunt. And she says a little bit about my grandfather, but she says mostly the voice that's following me is uh, my great aunt. And so she describes these series of images that's like, she says, okay, there's, um, there's a little picture of you as a newborn and it's encased in gold and it's hanging from a little tree of jewelry in her room her bedroom in her house in Sedona Arizona and I was like okay what are we playing fucking mad libs here because this is getting like so specific Mm -hmm. but I shit you not like I went to that room when me and my dad were listing all of her stuff as executors of her estate and there was a necklace of me as a baby hanging in gold from this little tree and then when I found that, I realized that the other stuff that she was telling me must be true as well. Because how, I didn't even know that. Like, how how else would, would this woman know? So the other things that she told me suggest to me that we have these spirit families. Because, like, she knew what was coming. Like, my mm-hmm. aunt, by being in her next life, was aware of what spirits would come back to me. So she told me that since I was young, I had a hole in my heart. Like, li- not literally, but like metaphorically I had this deep loneliness and no one would ever understand or love me until I met the person and and then the lady shows me like this baking like you're mixing the batter and then you're using that spatula or whatever and she's like she's showing me that the hole in your heart is being filled by this batter and I didn't get it until I saw like Mike and Vivian baking one day and I was like oh like that's it because Vivian is so similar to me. Like she feels like my great grandmother Mm. who is also me and who's also my child. Like she feels very old. And like when she was born, like something locked for me and totally changed my life. And so I see them baking still today. And I'm like, that's what she meant. Like my great aunt knew the other thing. My great aunt told me that this didn't click till about two weeks ago. She's my great aunt had traveled all over the world and she always talked about how she loved Africa the most. And so I associate her with Africa. <clears throat> but this one, this medium, the brain tumor lady, she says, your great aunt wants me to tell you that in Hawaii, they put the plumeria flowers in the hair on this side when you're unmarried and this side when you're married. And she really wants me to tell you how beautiful the flowers are and how they smell and how this will be really important for you. And it didn't hit me. I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting married. It's like some princess story. I got to find my fucking prince. I was always like super jaded and cynical. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> um, it hit me till a couple of weeks ago that my husband and I were sitting on the couch. I was feeling like super depleted. And he's like, how's your day? And I'm telling him about Mana and our students and, you know, this NHPI 
family we built the community that's really adopted me who's not an hpi <laughs> and um my husband stops me and he goes you know what um this modern program like this is your purpose you understand that right like this is why you're here to do this work and it like hit me at that moment because like i do that work every day like for eight years but it didn't hit me of like oh like maybe even though I feel like I'm not doing a good job or I'll never belong because of my blood and where it comes from, like maybe this is a purpose. And then it hit me of like Adele, she like my great aunt Adele was telling me that that was the case. And um, it's funny because after I had talked to that medium, my uncle came home from work and he's like, oh, this client that I have gave me all these fucking flowers. Do you want one? <laughs> and he gives me a plumeria with a clip on it, like a hair clip. And so I put that on the uh, the corner of my great aunt's picture that I have of her on my altar. And it didn't hit me until then. Like all these three things came together. Like my great aunt telling me this, like I need to remember the flower. And my uncle gives me this. And then now I have like this family of people that makes me feel loved in a way that I never felt loved. And it's all like coming together. So I feel like that's like the spirit cycles, like, she knew all of these pieces that would fall in place, but I didn't realize it till like two weeks ago. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. So anyway, if you were a ghost, what would you be wearing and why? <laughs> I'm crying. I'm a, wearing a fanny pack for sure. 100%. You have to be prepared. <laughs> Yeah, I just have lots of little things. Like, what if I want to, like, tickle them with a feather right. when I'm haunting them? I'm just need, like, them. a little kit in that fanny pack of just... Okay. Yeah. Of, like, poo spray and exactly. baking <laughs> Yeah. I think it would be really fun just to make people's lives just, like, a little bit inconvenient. Not, have like, full on, like you're scared for life but just like to kind of ruin your day like every once in a while <laughs> have you seen that french movie amelie no <laughs> so this french girl like totally introverted and is just observing the world and this grocer who lives downstairs is really rude to everybody so she makes a copy of his key sneaks in his apartment and every day or like every week she gets a new light bulb that's like five or ten dimmer than the ones previous so it just seems like it's steadily getting darker and then she replaces his slippers with smaller sizes and she <laughs> does like little shit throughout like she clips wires and like um the shoelaces are uneven in the shoe she does like little shit things to fuck with him until he's convinced that he's going crazy and he loses it and i really think that's an allura ghost move yeah, I would love to do that, like, all day. Like, it would just fill my heart to do that. Who would you haunt? I don't know. Like, I I feel like I wouldn't haunt necessarily people that I know today. Because I, I think mm -hmm. I said in a previous episode, like, I would want my ashes to be scattered at all the homes that I've lived in so that I can forever haunt the occupants of those houses so i think if that's still my plan that i would just get to know the people and the families living in those houses 
and then I can tailor my inconveniences to their lifestyle. You know what the eeriest thing about that is? Is that you don't want to keep ties with anyone. I know. It really hurts. (laughs) (laughs) On to bigger things. (laughs) That shit would be funny, though. They'd be like, who is this? I know. Oh, it's Allura. She used Mm -hmm. to live here. I don't know. Alessi, do you have people you'd haunt or things that you'd do to haunt them? I don't know. I think I would definitely haunt my mom because she doesn't believe in ghosts and like I would just want I know. I think I would like she has she always has like stuff like on her dresser and whatnot, like jewelry, like her watches and whatever. And she like loves her Apple Watch. So I think I would like, you know, just like toss it on the ground every now and then be like, Hey, I'm here, you know. Um, definitely her boyfriend. I would definitely prefer <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Other purposes, but yeah, definitely mess with him a little bit. I think my um, like my step siblings too, just because they get really scared, and I think it would be funny to watch them just like freak out. But I, I don't know. I think I would want to be a more wholesome ghost. Like I wouldn't want to like totally traumatize anybody, unless yeah. they deserve it. Yeah, that's true. Because if they deserve it, then you know it is what it is. Well, hopefully you all live to have long, fulfilling lives the way that you want. So when you die, you're not going to be vengeful and want to just, like, fuck with people all day long. But, you know, you mentioned the Apple Watch. I wonder if ghosts today are as exhausted with technology as much as we are. Because they're like, ugh, now i got to, like, infiltrate the Apple Watch and, like, make (laughs) dick pics come up on your mom's Apple Watch, you know? I wonder if that's something ghosts have to think about. I, don't, I feel like they wouldn't really care, only because, like, they're not, like, in it, you know? But I don't know. Because, like, you know how, like, um, people get, like, stuff, like, on their computers sometimes? Like, they'll, like it'll just, like, shut off or whatever. Like, I feel like that's, like, ghost behavior. And they're just like, oh, well, I don't, I didn't get to use it in my lifetime, so why should you use it? Yeah. I really wanted you to go along with my ghost sending dick pics thought, and you really shut it down. <laughs> I will haunt you for that, Alessi. I, I want to haunt my kids. Mm. I'm crying. But, like, in a fun way, you know? Right. Like, dance with their dogs kind of way. Mm-hmm. I mean, but who knows? I could be dead tomorrow, so maybe uh- I'll be madder. Would I be mad if I died tomorrow? I don't know. I go back and forth. But fan- I would be mad. I would be mad. <laughs> You'd be mad? Yeah. You're liars. Lies, lies, and more lies. But I just wonder, oh, I read this article recently that said you're more statistically more inclined to die on your birthday than any other day because you're you tend to go out more be integrated mm. more maybe do something big like bungee jumping or what have you more people have attention on you so a lot of people die on their birthdays but i wonder like if you think about girls today like going out in their skimpy little outfits and they die on their birthday while they're drinking like a skinny margarita and then they have to wear that outfit forever mm-hmm. they that's kind of fun <laughs> okay so I don't know if you've seen the ghost dating sites. Have you ever seen like mm-hmm. 
Yeah, or heard the stories where people marry ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always like British people for some reason. Well, okay, my family's Mormon, so they do like at the temple they do like um they do like ghost marriages, but also like um like if you die before you got baptized, they do like ghost baptisms for them so that they can like go to heaven in the afterlife or whatever. Like it's really weird. I don't I don't really know the ins and outs of it. I just know that that's like what my mom's mom does like for fun. Yeah, it's fucking weird. But well, um, looks so confused right now. <laughs> oh no, trust me, I was too when I first re- like she told me about this shit and I was like, "What are you talking about?" But yeah, no, like people, like religious people will literally like marry ghosts so that they can like both, you know, because like also in Mormon cult uh religion like if you get married you're like married forever like you can't get divorced like your souls are like tied type of thing something like that eternal family or whatever the fuck you want to call it (laughs) i know and i'm like ooh, i'm not gonna say that but i'll tell you guys about it after but um yeah it's just really funny because i'm like how how does that work like they're already dead and their souls are already leaving their bodies so how are you like eternally tied if you got married after they're dead yeah, it's just weird to me. It keeps someone hanging on like that. But yeah. I, I'm really fascinated by a ghost wedding. Yeah, I re- I would like to like know what it looks like, like what you do. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? I don't get it. I want to see the first kiss at a ghost wedding. <laughs> I'm so dead. <laughs> okay, but. If you could fuck, marry, kill any ghost, who would it be? <laughs> I don't know. That's actually, like, a hard question. It is a hard question. We like the stumpers. Who's, like, a hot, dead person? It's not a dead person person but like you know when you're looking at like old family photos and then you see like one photo that of like your great grandpa or something like that and you're just like oh I see (laughs) I have never had that happen (laughs) that's wild (laughs) or you like look at old photos of your parents and you're just like wow they were really hot you're like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm crying. I will say with my parents, I'm like, wow, you guys, you guys were really good looking when you were younger. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have an uncle that was extraordinarily handsome, and I look at him, I'm like, damn, I have to put this picture away. Sis, <laughs> ooh, Allura has just crossed like ghost sex with incest. <laughs> That's crazy. This is a safe space, right? (laughs) I'm crying. Please direct your comments to Allura's DMs. (laughs) I'm just going to show my therapist like our episodes. (laughs) Oh my god. That's dangerous. Have you heard, though, that Genghis Khan 
is supposed to have genetic ties to like millions of people because he fucked around so much. Really? He so much land. So he, you know, injected his DNA into people all over the world, quite literally. So that's iconic behavior. So really, it's all incest because it's all back to Genghis Khan. Yeah, that's kind of valid. But imagine, like, if you could have sex with Genghis Khan, like, he probably knew lots of stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm trying to think of, like, really hot dead guys. Oh, you know, Gregory Peck was very handsome. Who's Gregory Peck? Look him up. He's like I know. Fifties. He's very debonair. But I kind of wonder. I mean, photography only goes back so far. So there's just centuries of hotness oh. have access. I can to. see. I can see it. That's the guy from uh, How to Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. Mm-hmm. This man. Yeah. Look at mm-hmm. that. Ooh, wow. Eyebrows. I don't like white guys. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, they're pretty suspicious from the get-go. Very sus. Okay. I think killed, though, I would kill baby Hitler. Honestly. Not even, like, grown-up Hitler. Like, baby Hitler. Just to, you know... <coughs> it's easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could dress him up in a little sailor outfit before you do it? You're so funny. I'm crying. <laughs> I like it when I make a joke and then the laughter is like silent. It's really <laughs> uncomfortable. You're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit would be funny. I think you think Mary. I would marry Tupac for sure. For oh sure. yeah, that's a good one. I know. I'm trying to think of like other like dead guys that are pretty to me, but. Tupac was the only one that came to mind, honestly. I feel like there's so many, but they're escaping my mind right now. I know, right? Actually, no, I changed my answer. I would fuck Tupac, and I would marry Bob Marley. There we go. Oh, good one. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. Dang. I need to... Watch. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and I'm gonna have all these good answers. I know. I'm just gonna be researching hot dead guys later. I'm so dead. You're gonna get flagged, Laura. I know. I know. Sometimes I'm just like <laughs> looking up things. I'm like, I just <laughs> should not. Like they the have, to have like, a list of like buzzwords that they flag. I'm sure. Well, I think it's funny because I send you guys these questions in advance. So, like, you could have Googled, like, hot dead guys, but instead you went for hot pictures of your hot grandpa. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to say this. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that that was actually the perfect answer. Thanks. <laughs> that made me uncomfortable. I, I, that's always the goal. Yeah, you did it. We've done it again. We did. (laughs) It's what keeps us in business. Mm -hmm. I'm so done. Um, Alright, is that it? Unless you want to reveal other disturbing things. (laughs) I think we did a good job today. Um, 
So that's all we have. Thanks for listening (laughs) to our spooky time. (laughs) And happy early birthday, Alessi. We love you. 21. 21. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. So amazing. Make good choices. Get all the candy. Make all the bad decisions. Rewatch Lost. Rewatch Lost. John Locke's a creeper. Um, but yeah. Check out old family albums. Find the hottest relative. <laughs> it will 100% make us uncomfortable. Actually, send the hottest picture you have, like your great grandpa, to our DMs. Oh, yes. That's a great idea. That so much fun. Yes. I would love to see hot, dead old relatives. <laughs> World War II. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's 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 end it. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.